Welcome to Women in Academia podcast with Irena, where I will interview female researchers to understand the challenges that women in academia are facing today. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm very happy today to have on the podcast Maddie Rudnan. Maddie is my colleague from Marx Institute, and Maddie is working on super cool research on time traveling with technology that we will hear more later. Hello, Maddie. Thank you for being my guest today. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. You're um, welcome. Can you introduce yourself for our listeners and tell me more about your current position? Sure. Um, currently, I'm a PhD student under the Music Cognition Action Group at the Marx Institute for Brain Behavior and Development. My other positions at the moment, I'm also the student representative on the HDR Committee Council uh, for Marx and also part of the uh, Research Continuity Student Council, which is more across the university. Ah, well done. You have many different roles. Thank you for introducing yourself. Can you tell me more about your background and what brought you to the research? Oh, I sure can. I'll, I'll tell you, it's been a bit of a jagged journey, to be honest. Uh, I did my Bachelor of Advanced Science at UNSW and I majored in psychology and neuroscience. And then I ended up doing my honors with UNSW in neuroscience. Uh, which was an amazing year. I uh, I worked with animals, uh, looking into oh. areas, yeah, looking into areas of the the brain, um, using electrophysiological techniques, which meant I was kind of stimulating in one area and recording in another to kind of look at uh, context, environment, uh, association, so reward in the environment. Uh, and then after that year, I realized I didn't really want to be doing animal research anymore. I did it. I was good at it, but it just wasn't my thing. And I realized my passions really lie, uh, lay in sort of uh, the arts and looking at different ways maybe to work with people and with humans to do with either music therapy or art therapy. Um, and after a bit of fishing around and searching, I ended up uh, messaging Professor Kate Stevens, who is the director of Marx. And, you know, I, I initially was going to um, propose a project of my own which I was trying to set up between the place that I was working at and Marx and they will all go ahead unfortunately it didn't meet the deadline and I jumped on board one of uh, Kate's projects which led me into now working with older adults yeah looking into engagement and socialization and I wouldn't have it any other way it's a big switch from animal research to older yeah. adults yeah definitely Thank you for sharing your story. Can you tell me what are the biggest challenges you have faced and obstacles you have to overcome on your journey? And if you had to start over, would you do something differently? And what that would be? Oh, the challenges. I mean, as any student living in Sydney, one of the most expensive places uh, in the world, um, it's always a difficult thing to try to have that financial balance and to maintain work and study. And But at the same time, I'm also very fortunate. I'm not an international student. I have family support when I desperately need it, which, you know, last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely the, I would say, trying to balance that alongside having a healthy routine and an active social life. And I'm very much involved with my family. So adding family commitments on top of that um, and not to drive yourself into the ground is always a bit of a challenge. If I was, I wouldn't do anything differently because there's nothing I can pinpoint specifically mm-hmm. that I guess went wrong. I mean, I've tried to utilize every opportunity along the way, uh, go overseas um, and do 
a semester over in Canada, which was amazing. Mm. I definitely milked out my degree a little bit, took it as slow as I could, which I also wouldn't do any other way. I think it's important to try to explore as much and get a bit of that world culture in at the same time as studying because it's one of the best opportunities to do so. I, I mean, yeah, if there was one thing it might be, and I say this now, I probably wouldn't say it if I had done it, but I went straight from honours into PhD and there's a mm-hmm. part of me that thinks it might have been more beneficial to have done a master's degree in between just to gain more skills and to be, I guess, more competitive in a sense. But because there's still a part of me that isn't 100% sure exactly the field of research I kind of want to target to, but I'm exploring all the time. And I think that extra couple of years could give myself more breadth into the different research that's out there and techniques. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Every woman has different commitments and schedules in and out of the office. Can you tell me how do you manage your work-life balance? <laughs> if you asked any of my housemates, they would tell you I don't. <laughs> They'd say that I probably overwork, overcommit myself to social life and don't get enough sleep but mm-hmm. um, or more don't have enough downtime. But especially even recently, I've always found it so important to have a healthy exercise routine and social life. And as much as, you know, studying and academia and research comes first, so should everything else to an extent. Otherwise, you know, it's, you're not satisfying the key elements of what gives you, mm-hmm. I guess, health and well-being. So in terms of try to exercise at least five times a week or so, it's lately been nearly every day, even if it's half an hour, mm-hmm. you know, um, see friends, go out for dinners, explore the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, can't wait for restrictions to ease and to be able to go out and see some art expedi- exhibitions and things like that. But it's everyone has to fine-tune what is important to them and I guess create a balance around that. Mm-hmm. I agree doing things other than research which you like like will give you energy to do that research better yeah it gives you a bit of a mental break in between the endless days of studying you know a bit of a shake up so that you can come back into the environment and feel like you're fresh for it rather than just trailing on from you know no break in the mental game yeah i find like even short walk in the morning can help me later in the day yeah definitely like it makes difference Mm, so much i'm lucky enough to be a hundred meters up the road from the cooks river so Mm. we often go for walks in the morning or a run and you get the most spectacular sunrises yeah it gives you like different perspective in life and Mm. Mm. definitely yeah clears the head and allows you to reconnect with i guess the the community and the environment around you you see the Mm -hmm. same people running you know by every morning and says hello and I find you know a lot of people can get really trapped into studying so much that they forget that there is that external world out there Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important to engage with everything not Mm -hmm. just work but you know your your society and your your culture Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with you and then like if you have that external world like when work is stress stressing for you then like you have some other avenue (laughs) Yeah, in life exactly. but if you yeah. have only work then it's hard to when, definitely when you're struggling then it's harder lately throughout you know the whole covid situation i've definitely taken on to fermenting our house mm-hmm. just smells like bread all the time <laughs> different cultures and brewing ginger beer and it's just fun you know mm-hmm. you forget to have fun sometimes mm-hmm. so it's important find your little hobbies and niche yeah yeah i mm. agree with you can you tell me more about your research Sure. Uh, So 
My research is centered around older adults and around a program called Time Traveling with Technology. And it basically brings together reminiscence therapy, which is all about using objects that are familiar to help share stories of your past and memories and combining reminiscence therapy with technology. So the technology we have is a big, you know, a big television screen, um, 75 inch television screen. And we use Google Maps and uh, Google Street View and images to take a small group, two to four older adults to places of their past, to mm -hmm. walk them down the streets of where they went to school, um, their home, uh, some of the most amazing places around the world, like the Louvre and France, and to be able to enter and see inside and it's all about traveling and journeying and, and sharing stories amongst each other. Our main forms of measurement is engagement. And we're looking at all sorts of verbal and nonverbal communication, uh, looking at sort of facial expressions and the muscular movements of the face in, you know, a high tech version and a low tech version to see um, expression of emotion, uh, looking at body uh, behaviors and gestures of pointing to the screen and leaning forward and mm -hmm. also looking at the language that's being used. So utterances and uh, words per minute and, and turns taken and pitch range. I guess it's because engagement in older adults hasn't really been categorized holistically in that way. And, and that's kind of what we're trying to also, I guess, formulate. So it's, it's exciting. It's around a, a three month, 12 week program you know, six weeks of low tech where it's just a static image on the screen. And then mm -hmm. uh, six weeks of high tech where you're able to move around these environments and, and, you know, turn around and enter into the buildings and zoom in and zoom out and pan around. But it's been very rewarding so far. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really works on the strength of older adults and people with dementia as these older memories are the ones that are often more retained. Mm -hmm. It's such a nice project. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you have any results so far? Going through analysis at the moment, it's a bit of a, a complex mm -hmm. sort of design um, mm -hmm. just because all the older adults are so individualized. And, mm -hmm. But so far we are seeing more expression of facial movement um, in more high-tech version than the other versions, um, whether that's related to purely emotional because they're speaking more, we're going to do some cross analysis. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, looking at non-significant locations to the ones that are significant, there's a lot more talking happening in the significant mm -hmm. locations, a lot more, uh, I guess, effective movement and pointing to the screen. So yeah, things are being a bit more, I guess, worked out at the moment in a way, but yeah, there, there is something that's showing up and really trying to capture what that is without, you know, uh, kind of doing too much of a broad statement where you're not looking at the fine-tuned parts of it all. Mm -hmm. It's a very nice idea, very nice project. Yeah, like you're helping older adults like in that way. Like it's, it's yeah. very nice, yeah. And I think a part of it is, you know, we're not trying to improve cognition. We're mm -hmm. not trying to make anybody better or to have this mm -hmm. as a cure. Or it's, it's to help alleviate apathy mm -hmm. and to bring, provide times of happiness and mm -hmm. socialization and, you know, relief from depression or whatever it might be, but just to create an environment where residents and care staff are able to learn about each other mm -hmm. and are about to share these experiences of going home again. And yeah, it's quite wonderful. Mm, yeah, I agree. Like, mm. I love the idea. Yeah, super cool project. Can you tell me what are your hopes for your future research? Ooh, <laughs> that's a big question. Uh, it, it's hard because, you know, being PhD, I guess the next step to go is, you know, if you really want to 
have some form of connection to the greater world is to do your postdoc overseas and Mm -hmm. to find a lab. And it's something I'm really contemplating at the moment of where do I want to take this? I mean, my research in itself has taken me down avenues I'd never thought I'd be down. I'm, you know, I'm a linguist now and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm um, looking at behavioral studies and it's, it's fascinating. So I think I really need to hone in on what skills have I gained from this and where do I want to go with them? I I love working with older adults. I think it's a field that is overseen a lot of the time. But whilst I'm in this early stage of my career, I don't know if I want to specifically stay within older Mm -hmm. adults or if I want to, I mean, I'm also a mental health recovery worker on the side of uh, Mm -hmm. a PhD student and I love working in mental health. And it's, do I want to try to apply these skills with a broader, I guess, area of of study and look and look more into mental health or to different um age groups so it's yeah we'll see where it goes but hopefully next step will be a a postdoc somewhere (laughs) good luck with that thank you i'm sure you will get the postdoc yeah can you tell me what are the top issues you see women in academia face today oh that's a tough question i I am lucky enough to say that I don't feel like I have had much prejudice or anything for being a female Mm -hmm. in academia yet. I, you know, that's not to say that it's to come, but through my observations, I think one of the hardest things and, you know, however this is taken is I don't feel like there is enough room within academia or any sort of profession for emotions. And, you know, women, as much as I'll say this in the nicest of way on the podcast, you know, we have things that are externally, I guess, they externally regulate us at times. Um, and it's a challenge. It's difficult. You know, we, we have these external forces that aren't as easy to control that do affect our emotions and, you know, how we might be feeling on a day, whether it's, you know, mentally or physically painful. And mm-hmm. we are expected to perform at top peak all the time. And it's hard because at times there isn't as much room or breadth to, you know, be able to express emotions and know that it isn't a big deal. It, Mm -hmm. you know, you can move through that and whatnot, but sure. You know, if I show up on a day and I'm crying, don't take it personally or I'll be fine (laughs) the next day. I just need to go through this. Don't see, like, I think there's a lot of weakness that can be seen with, emotion um, and an expression of emotion I just don't think that that's necessary you know if, if you take something and it brings you to tears all of a sudden it doesn't mean that you're actually taking that in that way mm-hmm. it might be something that is a bit more beyond your control at that point in time and I think you know throwing the blanket statement of you need to be able to control your emotions is mm-hmm. very uh, unrealistic expectation yeah it's it's difficult I mean it, even in the way that we are at the moment when you have all these awards specifically for women and women's research. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's fantastic, but I still think that it's, you know, it's a little bit disgraceful that we have to have that to recognize the women. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to a time where we don't have this gender specific awards because mm-hmm. it's needed to show our appreciation, to show that we are in alliance with the gender where there is the equality within the normal awards where, you know, women are being awarded for their work rather than the fact that they've done the work and they're women. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a challenging thing because when you do get these awards, you know, I, if I was ever to get one, a special award for the woman in science, mm-hmm. it's like, is it because I'm not a man that I'm not receiving it elsewhere? You know? <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a, a double take. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Such a great insight. Thank you. Thank you. 
What is the one piece of advice you would give to a young girl or woman thinking about academia or to girl woman just starting out in academia? Don't lose your passion behind the magic that is research and teaching. It's very easy within any industry to get caught up in, I guess, the bureaucracy and the politics of it all. But remember why you're doing this through every stage and love the process. Learn as much as you can, you know, reach out to different people, start conversations. Um, it's phenomenal how much you can learn step by step. And don't pigeonhole yourself into anything. Keep an open mind, but always remember why you love it and, and hold on to that. Thank you. I love that advice. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I really enjoy. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as I said, I think it's, it's wonderful and beautiful, these podcasts that you're doing. Thank you so much. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening.